0: I'm Dana Townsend, a disabled Black woman living with MS. I'm a professor, content creator, and all-around dope person, unlearning and unpacking all the toxic junk I've picked up while living most of my life as a temp in ableist society.
1: I'm Carlos Kareem Wendel, they, them. I am a Black and Native facilitator, comedian, and musician living with MS. Join us as we explore and examine the Venn diagram of culture, politics, and more. The full range of intersectional issues facing disabled folk in a racist and ableist world. We will raise our spirits, while we raise your awareness, and we all raise the temp on these temps, uh, temporarily abled people, to help them get some act right. Join us this season on Mylon and Melanin, Raising the Temp. Carlos. What is happening, Dana?
0: And I'm not. It's it's lovely to be talking with you.
1: I am so thrilled to be speaking with you. And under these circumstances, you don't even know.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: You don't even know.
0: Yes. So, silver linings.
1: Silver linings. Silver linings are a thing uh, that my mother used to make us talk about at the dinner table every night, every night uh, before we got down, before we ate. uh, Everyone had to go around the table and talk about what their silver lining was that day. Uh, And uh, listen, there's a lot of fuckery out there. So seems like a good time for us to focus and take a little bit of time to think about what ours are. And uh, so in that spirit, Dana, what is your silver lining that you would like to share?
0: So recently, so I got a new wheelchair. Um, I've had it for, I don't know, maybe a little over six weeks now. But Mm -hmm. so it's a, you know, beautiful power chair. And we'll get into a whole conversation about that because that's like a thing like anyway, but so I, some lovely friends raised funds for me to get this really cool feature that raises the chair up like, you know, to, I want to say, like, I'm, well, first of all, I'm short, period. But you know how it is in a wheelchair, like whatever. But the feature raises it up to, and I don't know the inches, I'm not good with numbers, but like as if I was 5'8". So the wheelchair actually raises up so I can like reach into cabinets. So my house is so not accessible, but I can reach up into cabinets and I haven't gone anywhere yet, but like, I'm just imagining how lovely it's going to be to talk to people like face to face or to go to, you know, wherever and like be able to go to the counter, like and not be, you know, hunched down and all the things. So anyway, this, so the the uh, thingy was installed last Tuesday. So mm-hmm. I've been just in, you know, complete, total glory.
1: You've just been raising um, yourself up, jacking yourself no up. For no reason, now. exactly. <laughs>
0: just picking, right, exactly. Opening cabinets just because, getting books off just because. So anyway, that's my silver lining to, uh, yeah, to be able to be um, freer.
1: Oh, here's accessibility and freedom. Absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah. What Uh, is your silver lining?
1: I'm going to tell the truth. My silver lining is being here in this conversation with you. I can't even lie. I can't even lie. The, 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 you know, and, and of course anyone who uh, is joining us may, may know already Uh, and those uh, who are joining us for what it will be a few episodes into this experience are just experiencing it now, but uh, doing this in this format with you uh, is a thing that I have done as occasional guest host and to be here uh, with regularity from this point forward is such a delight and to be able to do it on this day, girl, you don't even know. They don't know yet. We sit here with someone famous and shit. Right. This is I so know. exciting. I've I'm been like nervous
0: like all day.
1: I know, <laughs> I know. I keep going up. I keep going over the bio. Like, okay, let me not mess up my part. Shit. <laughs> right. Let me, get, let me get it right. Let me get it right.
0: Listen, I've practiced it like all morning. Like, okay, let me get it. So, okay,
1: girl. Well, since you've been practicing all morning, why don't you why don't yes. you set it off? I'm gonna join. You, I'm gonna join you halfway through. Get so, it.
0: first of all, I just want to say before I get into her bio. Thank you so much Imani for uh, joining us. Um, I think both Carlos and I are just kind of like fanning out like, okay, like she's here all things, but anyway, so we are so honored to talk to you. With that said, I, first of all, like I think that people who may be tuning in and don't know who you are, which how can you really not know if you're listening to this podcast? but who crutches in spices, um, they need to know. So we're going to go I through. Know. Yeah, they need to know. So I'm just going to briefly read your bio for the benefit okay. of all the listeners. So, <laughs> Imani Barbarin. It's Barbarin, correct? And, and you know what? I sure, should have asked that, like, before we got into no, it. Like, listen. Barbarian.
2: <laughs> no, you got it first. The right, tri- the, right the first tribe. Right, Everybody right.
0: Barbarian, it's Barbarin. You're Barbarin. correct. Perfect, mm-hmm. okay, Imani Barbarin. So Imani Barbarin also, um, she's more widely known as Crutches and Spice, is the epitome of black girl magic and disability pride. Imani Barbarin, also known as Crutches and Spice, is one of the newest trending voices in intersectionality and representation media, crowned the disability hashtag queen. By our fans, Imani is a creator of several trending hashtags including Dis the Oscars, ableds are weird, and things disabled people know.
1: Girl, you know I love a hashtag. Uh, I'm all about a hashtag. Shit. Uh, Listen, her sassy online presence has gained the attention of a large... uh, Oh, I'm gonna do that again. Shit. Her (laughs) sassy online presence has gained attention of large digital media platforms, including Refinery29 npr yahoo and politicians alike she has modeled in paris fashion shows is a published author in forbes and can be found on hollywood billboards come on now imani recently became ambassador for i'm gonna say this wrong uh rev dolls yep ah boom huh? Look at that. media specialty uh missy and plus size fashion brand that believes all women deserve amazing fashion. Imani is quickly becoming a millennial favorite on and an online power host. Power host. See, all the way to the <laughs> end. I tripped over my own tongue. Go they ahead. Work, so it still works. Power <laughs> Please welcome Imani.
0: Yes. Oh, Hi, everyone. Goodness. Hello.
2: Lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for joining us. Um, Carlos, you do love a hashtag. I and do. I'm curious to hear Imani's um, take on temps. I'll, I'll give it to you, Carlos. Explain what it's So,
1: temp is. yeah, we were having a conversation quite a while ago. And I think for many uh, in the disabled community, it's pretty obvious. Uh, but when referring to people, I got very... Um, mm. Grossed out by the ableism of referring to abled people, able-bodied people, temporarily able people. Mm-hmm. And I finally was just like, y'all are just some temps. You <laughs> just not, you just
2: that's, that's great.
1: <laughs> you know, like y'all not you, you you're gonna be here. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna get in the club one way or the next, mm-hmm. right? It could be incidental, it could be internal, it could be accidental and at some point disability is going to catch you you might become a permanent you might we might only take you on for a couple of weeks after this little surgery or something like that we don't know yes <laughs> we're trying you out but right exactly. now you attempt and <laughs> yeah. so when i see them that's just how i refer to them anytime i see them acting ableist and doing what they do that's oh they just attempt they don't know okay, they don't okay. even go to school here
2: I love that. I love that so much. They get so mad. It's the it's my favorite part about any of it. They get so mad. Um but yes. yeah, I think it's a great word for it because one of the issues with like abled or n- non-disabled or able-bodied or able-minded is because there's so many different like positionings of disability that it's hard to have a catch-all for people yes. who are non-disabled. So, temps is great. Temp- that'll piss them off the most, I bet. Oh, I yeah. like <laughs> to of the most, absolutely.
1: Thanks.
0: It, I, it yeah, really it. does because they don't like and That's the thing about talking about disability is that the reality is that you could become disabled at any time, at any moment, yes. you could you could be disabled. And temps don't like to think about that. That's like, you know, just like people don't like to talk about death, you're gonna die. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, not talking about it isn't going to make Maybe. it go away. Right. So, like, requiring really people to really, like, take a look at their own ability. That shit, your town I mean, they, it, they don't like it. And, it. Yeah. yeah. And the question is then, like, why don't you like it? And then it calls, you know, all the things, you know? So.
2: Yeah, I'm so this week. Um, and trigger warning for like ableism, but this week I had a comment on one of my TikTok videos where this guy just comment. It was it was the most random comment possible. It was just a video of me singing um, mm-hmm. Adele and talking about like, being lactose intolerant and resistant to that. Um, and it wasn't like a hugely serious video, but this guy just like decided to comment. I would rather have a dead child than a disabled child, and I was like. For why? For what? Like, it was was literally the most bizarre connection that he made in that video. And I was like, you, you know, you could be disabled at any time and so can your child. Like, a lot of non-disabled people do not get that connection at all. And society has done so much to erase disability in everyday life. People don't even think of themselves as disabled. You know, I was, Mm -hmm. I did a video once where I said, like, if you wear glasses, you have a disability and people were up in their feelings like they're like no no i wear glasses it's fine i'm like don't you pay for those glasses like it didn't come with you you know that's an accessibility that you have so they hate that reminder all the time yes
1: i love that i love so based on 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 that and your brilliance and uh when it comes to laying out the hashtags to get to him. How, wh- what, how did you come up with uh, Ables are weird? What were the circumstances that brought that to the table?
2: So funny enough, like I, I do plan out a lot of my hashtags um, to go off at a specific time. That was just something that I randomly tweeted about. Um, and I was just, um, I think it was like last or like two years ago now. Oh my God, the pandemic has worked. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, it was like two years ago. And I was just basically talking about how, the the people who most lose all common sense when it comes to disability are not disabled people. Mm. Like, we're not the weird ones in any given interaction, they are. And so I wanted to kind of highlight that. And I had this story. I remember um, we had a community pool in my neighborhood as a child. And I was just swimming, like, minding my business, um, as I do, as any Black person does, um, but I haven't had my If you,
1: if you know what's good, you are. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just here at the pool and my crutches were on the side because I need them close to the, um, the railing for mm-hmm. when I get out. Cause like the pressure differences. Anyways, I just look over and this man is like looking at my crutches and looking at me and looking at my crutches and looking at me. And then I just hear a plop and my crutches are like sinking to the bottom of the pool because he thought I needed them to swim. They're metal. They're metal. Oh,
1: <laughs> what the <laughs> holy fuck?
2: <laughs> and I was just like, and I was the one who had to go get them. He didn't go and get them. I had to go get them. What, um, what? And, so, <laughs> like, and the amount of water that was in them weeks later was disgusting. Because like, they, you know, there's oh, like a smell. Pop-up. Yeah, it didn't smell bad. It smelled like metal. Like it smelled okay. like rusty yeah. across the metal. R- right. But I was still pissed because it was leaking like orange water because it was rusting from the inside. So everywhere uh-huh. I go, would be like squeak, 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 squeak. But yeah, like and so I just tweeted about it and said ables are weird. Like they're the ones that are just so bizarre in these interactions. And it just kind of took off because every disabled person has like an experience like that where like they go up to a non-disabled person. And you know you're just minding your business, and some comment like whiplashes you, and then your whole day is like different.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, have you had a silver lining today? We did not even ask you. I am uh, my apologies.
2: I had a silver lining over the weekend. So okay. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the new show called Abbott Elementary by Quinta Brunson. No. Um, it's about it's like it's kind of like office style mockumentary, but with teachers, black teachers in Philadelphia and yeah and one of her characters like I had to stop dead in my tracks because I looked on the screen and I was like that's my mom uh but it wasn't my mom it was like the actress mm-hmm. they had like to a T copied my mother's entire teaching style like my mother is a teacher in the suburbs of Philadelphia they had the exact same haircut wig they have the exact same haircut <laughs> they have the exact same lanyard yeah. in the same place the exact same styles. like that is my mom. And so I tweeted about it uh, to Quinta Bronson and Quinta was like, yeah, we know exactly how your mom teaches. It was so cute.
1: What shout out. I love
2: that. That was so cool.
1: That is so that. super cool. Yeah. I was like, mommy, look, and
2: she's like,
0: huh, it does look like me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So uh, one thing, so I was listening to your, um, podcast and you haven't podcasted on your personal podcast in a while do you plan and this isn't like where I'm going with this but I'm just curious do you plan on just you a know, fangirl
1: question right. real quick so, you know, some more podcasts right well
0: right. no,
2: I I have several episodes filmed it's just been this year has been ridiculous oh yeah um, I've been working on a book pitch since March um that you know I just turned over to publishers um this week so it's been like hectic but i have several episodes films um i just have to get to like editing them and posting them Um, my goal for next year is to try to transition more to my online content creating instead of full-time work and so um, yeah like that's what my goal is and try to actually work on my book and get those
1: things done oh congratulations yes
0: thank you You so exciting thank Thank you so so much The episode that really hit me, um, well, first of all, you talk a lot about internalized ableism, which Mm -hmm. is a huge thing that I am learning to unpack. So I have MS, and I've had MS for 17 years, but I've started to become more, well, I'm full-time, all the way out disabled, and I say all the way, and I hate co-opting that word, but... um, I, you know, was very, you know, I was a temp for a long time in my MS journey, but now I'm not. And Mm -hmm. so with that said, um, I was probably, before I became disabled, I was probably like one of the most ablest people there are. So that's, and and a lot of times, and I think that's a reality for most people, most temps, people who haven't been dating, you don't know until you know like until you have to know. But anyway, so I'm working through a lot of internalized ableism. And something that you were talking about in one of your episodes really spoke to me. So you talked about the idea of performing abled. And that just hit me. Um, we perform everything. Um, we perform gender. We've all the things. But thinking about the idea of performing abled it's like, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what you meant? Like, what does that mean to perform abled?
2: Yeah. So the greatest analogy that I usually come up with is hustle culture and this idea of like overextending yourself to prove yourself so valuable or so worthy of respect and inclusion in the spaces that you inhabit. Um, and so often we perform ability so that people don't find us disposable. Um, and, we we internalize that throughout our entire lives. Um, for me, it manifests it manifests in the speed of, at, at which I walk. So if I was told, like from a very early age, you know, you need to walk faster. You need to walk faster. People are behind you. You're slowing other people up. Mm-hmm. Other people have other things to do. Like they have more valuable things to do than mm-hmm. you. You need to go faster. Mm-hmm. To the point where, you know, if I'm in a, completely alone in a hallway, I'll still walk completely fast, out of breath, in pain can't catch my breath especially with a mask on these days Mm -hmm. and I'll be thinking to myself why the hell did I go that fast there was no reason for me to I'm not late I'm not rushing I'm just going down the hallway to get to the elevator you know and so performing abilities so that you know you still are deemed one of the good ones or one of the worthy ones I think the opposite side of that is that a lot of disabled people who communicate our differences or our needs are deemed bitter and angry and just entitled for asking for accessibility. And the reality is that all that accessibility was possible the entire time. I'm going to harp on this until the day I die. Everything that we needed for accessibility in the workplace became accessible when non-disabled people needed it. But we had to perform ability for everybody else until that day. And what, what came of it? What came up? What came was performing disability for people who still left us to die. I don't right. give a shit anymore. Like, why? Why would I perform for somebody who does not care? You know. And so we help. We all have these ideas, and we internalize them because we live in a very capitalist society that tells us if you are not trying hard enough, not even trying hard enough, but producing enough, if you're not going fast enough, if you're not making enough money, then you're disposable. You're right. done with. And this is particularly true for Black people and people of color. You know, our entire disabilities were linked, excuse me, our race was linked to our disabilities. You know, race was seen as a disability. You know, race science was and eugenics was. And so we have a history of being discounted because of our race and it likening to disability. And then we were disposed of.
1: Yeah. You better talk to them.
2: So that's why that's why I'm always talking to people about internalized ableism. Because not only are we internalizing the ableism, we're externalizing it. We're trying to be the one of the good ones. So we're putting other disabled people down. We're saying that those people are lazy. Those people are not worthy. But I am. I'm not the one complaining. I'm not the yeah. one asking for extra things. When in reality, we're made to believe that resources are scarce when we are just yeah. not investing in the right things. We're not investing in people.
1: Yeah. I'm in church right now. Yeah. For the longest time I've been saying, kill the cop in your head. Now I'm just like, nah, kill the eugenicist in your head.
2: Yes. Oh my God. Like people, when I tell people like most Americans believe in eugenics like, no, you know, we got rid of that. I'm like, we never did. We just pivoted it towards the health system.
0: Uh-huh. We pivoted it to,
2: you know, poisoning water systems and keeping black neighborhoods next to highways so that they had high rates of asthma, We, you know, we made sure that 50% of people killed by police have a disability, because that switch that goes off, the switch in your head, especially as an American, that says, oh, it's just the disabled and elderly.
1: That's racism.
2: It's meant to enforce racism. If you look at the groups with the two highest, the two groups with the highest rates of disability, it's Black folk and Indigenous folk. Who are the two groups of people that the United States has been carrying out eugenics against since the beginning? Those two groups. Come on. So you have to talk about disability. You have to talk about internalized ableism. You have to talk about the ways in which you enforce ableism, and help oh, people man. build and move
1: forward. And yeah. who does Batman hate the most? Physically disabled people with a physical disability he can see. Oh he yeah, yeah. more than <laughs> poors, and he
2: hates <laughs> the poor. Well, it's not. It's no mistake that of most villains in all comic books and TV and everything, they have a physical disability. I'm Most on. of the villains that we are seeing on TV and film have a physical disability or, you know, or every mass shooter, all of a sudden has, you know, emotional issues once they're caught right. or they, well, it's if you don't, if you don't pay attention to disability, you're not getting the whole picture. And that's what I always tell people.
1: Mm. Wait, and the other place that you're flipping the script is in fashion. How <laughs> How did this happen? Talk to me.
2: So I I really love fashion. Um I'm at the point now where I'm like I'm um banned from buying any more clothes because my brother's like we have no more room to put stuff. Like we <laughs> I love clothes and I grew up fat like as a little kid. So there were not many really options. So now that I have them all, I want them all. Yes. Um so that's a problem. But um uh, in terms of like web dolls and the fashion that I've been getting into, uh about like right before the pandemic started I started going to like accessible fashion events mm. uh, because there are like different ways you can make fashion accessible to disabled people and so I would go to a couple of those here and there um and the whole Paris fashion week was a fluke um, but you know I just I really love clothes and I love dressing up and I love feeling like oh my god I can make it really special and make it accessible and make it look cool for disabled people and I love Rev Dolls and I saw the CEO's TikTok and I was like, please let me model for you. I bet you 100% that disabled people are ready for this because there's a high uh, correlation between disability and being fat. Yeah. Like if you don't have accessible places to go, you're going to gain weight. And there's no, there's no judgment statement in that. It's just a fact. Right. And so not a lot of companies have caught on to that. Most of our accessible fashion goes up to Excel and that's it. So um, I was like, we can work on this together and move the needle forward and it'll be beneficial to everybody involved.
1: That, that, is, that is genius.
0: So dope. So dope. <laughs> you had posted a TikTok recently um, where you would asked hypothetically, were you in, and I don't know exactly how you worded it, but the question is, are you into accessories because you're fat and- that's all you couldn't find anything that fit that is such a real thing yeah mm.
2: i want to apologize to all the fat women that stitched that video over like i wasn't ready for that at all <laughs> um like um, very many people were like i did not feel like being called out at 6 a.m that was just on the right. <laughs> um called, but in. called in called in yeah i was called in i was calling them in i was just, I, like as somebody who has an enormous purse collection and who has purses literally on every surface in my apartment. I understand. Like I, I speak from a place of understanding. Okay. Um, But yeah, you know, I think when I was little, we would go to, you know, limited Two and all those things and there'd be nothing that fit me. And so I, I looked like a, like, there's a picture on my Instagram of me dressed up like a tiny Senator because I was, I, was like, I was like eleven. I was like eleven and nothing really fit me because I was like one of the bigger girls. And my mom will like, we'll just use like the, you know, the juniors or the little misses. And it was like that was what plus size fashion was, is you just going up to the next category of clothing, you know, being embarrassed to shop like in the maternity section, you know, because there was there were no plus size options when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um and so you know it's really exciting for me to be able to get into this and see designers actually making an effort to to think about what um, fat bodies look like in clothes because what i found oh is God. that a lot of times these brands will, what will, what they will do it's like we're expanding into plus sizes and then it's just workout wear which is like that oh seems like, like that seems on the nose we get it, but it doesn't all have to be workout.
0: So.
1: Right. She, she right. said on the nose. She said <laughs> on the nose. So rude though. It's so rude.
2: It is. Like I, I have so many leggings. So many leggings. I need more. Good lord.
1: I was just thinking about uh, the 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 question again of, of eugenics, right? And how it shows up. And where people don't realize they're practicing, right? Like, for instance, right now, the, the current boycott on uh, Kellogg's, mm-hmm. uh, so many folks not knowing the history of the Kellogg family, mm-hmm. uh, how the Kellogg family brought forward eugenics in the United States. Uh, yeah. that was then taken back to Germany, right? That, mm-hmm. that, was, the, that was the foundation of it. Yeah. Uh, and thinking about how that ties in now to this moment, and, you know, the dual, the dual reality that you just spoke of, right, where all of a sudden the temps figured out, hey, look, you can work from home. Hey, look, we can Zoom and we can have an experience with 40 people, 80 people, 120 people in the same room mm-hmm. at the same thing at the same time. This can happen. And yet we're finding ourselves in a place where we're now 800,000 dead in the United States right? Mm-hmm. Hospital beds are just absolutely packed and we've got folks like uh, who? What, what is her name from the Black Panther? The one She ain't going to be in the Black Panther no more. She didn't want to oh. get no jab. Uh
2: Yeah.
1: I know that what? James Wright? Which one is right? Yeah. Right. Letitia Wright, Wright. Wright coming with her crazy ass eugenics. Ooh, see, look at me being ableist. Coming with her gross ass eugenics. Yeah. Uh how with that balance right how do you how do you weigh the balance for yourself between the reality that yes we have the freedom to be able to do this have these delightful conversations and talk shit about temps like that and nobody's getting the jab at the rate that they need to such that there may be an opportunity that we could breathe the outside air should we so choose
2: yeah i think um I think that's what's been really hard to contend with is that, you know, like I said, things became way more accessible um, because non-disabled people needed it. And then at the same time we were left to die and people just could not. And I, I talk about the pandemic in very strong terms. Like the pandemic is genocide. Like if you look at the numbers of the people who have died, one in what, 500 black people, you know, like Mm -hmm. one in, you know, far less indigenous people, like Mm -hmm. that's on purpose. And there's like this cognitive dissonance that people have and being like, oh, well, I, you know, I have personal freedoms. I'm going to do whatever I want. This is my body. This is God's temple. And it's like, do you not think of my body as sacred? Mm. Like, I don't mm. think I die. Like, do you think I'm not worth it? And to look people in the eyes and just to watch as they just do not get it. Um, mm. And then we'll simultaneously, because of all this inspirational exploitation, be posting pictures with disabled people and be post- like you wouldn't do shit for any of these disabled people when it- nobody's watching you. Mm-hmm. But the moment they are, all of a sudden you give a crap. That's not. And so watching, like, watching that has been so hard. And for me, there is a slight difference. In the way that we approach anti-vaxxer behavior with white people than we do with black people, It should be because there's different roots to it. Yeah, um, yeah. But at the same time, like you all, you don't realize we're the ones dying the most. Like you cannot just simply go forth and think that this is not going to affect your community. You cannot say you're for our
1: community and do this. Do I you still have patience though. I'm I'm kind of done with these niggas a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I try to provide people with
2: grace. I didn't think. At this point, I've stopped talking about it and like, listen, you just got to get vaccinated. And people want to argue with me. I'm like, I'm done arguing. It's been yeah. a year. You've had the accessibility. You've had the ability to do this. To this day, disabled people still find difficulty getting to the vaccine, getting somebody to pick them up. It's not enough to just schedule a vaccine for disabled people Scheduling transportation and um, the right appointment at the right time and making sure that you have everything, all your accoutrements with you. It's not as mm-hmm. easy. As you just going to the care clinic and getting a jab, like for everybody else, for disabled people especially, it's so difficult. If you're homeless, if you're poor, like if you need to take time off from work, people want to. And we don't ever, and that's a lot of society's fault. That's a lot of the government's fault for failing people to make sure that they have the time and the availability to do so. But also we just completely neglect one another. Mm -hmm. We're We're an individualist society to a fault. Yes. We're killing people because of it. And like, I, it's so hard for me to even just think about, like it's it's hard to put into words like how I feel about it because, you know, I have friends with disabilities who cannot get the shot because they'll have an allergic reaction and go into a coma. I have, my boyfriend, you know, is um, high risk and goes to dialysis three times a week. And so we got him his shots, but he had COVID in, in the early part of this year. You know, and people just do not see the human toll because they don't see one another as worthy or as human enough to be saved. Um, And that has to change. Like, that has to change. It's not negotiable anymore. We can no longer think that our health is an individual endeavor. Your health is a group project. Everybody has to show up.
1: Come on. Health is a group project. Say it again.
0: I love that. Health is a group project. everybody and everybody
2: needs each other and that's okay right. We 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 condemn people because of our own eugenicist and ableist notions for asking for help for asking for accessibility when this is the exact time when all those things are necessary mm-hmm. so listen I like I I'm like this close to cussing out the next person that like comes to me like well you know um I'm just I don't want to have autism I'm, like so, and that goes back to the whole ableism of you'd rather have a dead child than a disabled one you'd rather be disa- you'd rather be dead than disabled and people will die with that belief
0: 100% if i could you know count I, uh, the amount of times that people will say you know specifically related to and i think that we could say this for anybody but i'd rather be dead than to be in a wheelchair like how many mm. times I've heard that. Like I, like I, and people talk out of their asses. But that being said, they really mean that. That they do. to them, disability is a fate worse than death. Like they believe but that. Exactly. But why?
2: Why are, Why is nobody asking themselves why? Why yes. is it that disability is worse than, de- worse than death? Mm-hmm. You're still alive, right? So then. Is it because we we don't fund disability services well enough? Is it because we don't have enough accessible housing or infrastructure or care or access to healthcare or money or we keep people in poverty because of disability? Why? Like nobody wants to ask themselves why you why do you think that and why is that your is that your inclination rather than to challenge
1: every single system that makes you feel like it's worse. I would rather be dead than challenge white supremacist affirmative action. What? What? That's it. That's it. What? Massa is we okay? For real? This
2: is the this is the hot take? Yep. That's what they mean. And and it's, I actually have a funny story about that one, that phrase. Dina, mm-hmm. so I go to therapy once every time I remember to because I also have neurodivergence. Um but uh but my therapist was like she was telling me that anxiety is when your emotions do not match the moment. And I was like, you're right. Except, you know, <laughs> when you're disabled, people actually say these things to you, to your face. Mm-hmm. And she was shocked. I was like, yeah, like, I'm not making this up. Like, I don't think that this person thinks that, you know, uh, that being disabled is worse than being dead. They actually came up to me to tell me that. Yeah. And so it's not in my yes. head. You know, and I I feel like there's so many mental health professionals that are not equipped to deal with the realities of disability as a lived experience.
0: 100%.
1: Yeah, that or Blackness is a lived experience, and you combine them. Oh, yeah. And then you end up with these temps on their little temp-ass legs, walking their little temp-ass <laughs> way all the way across the floor. You yep. say some, some out-of-pocket temp-ass bullshit like that. Oh, yeah. I had one therapist that was like, well, you know, you, you know,
2: you can't give in to your disability. You know, you have to let it, you can't let it define you. I'm like, yeah. However, when I like when I walk into an interview room trying to get a job, they're not going to be like, did you overcome your disability today? No, they're going to be like, she has crutches. I'm not paying for that.
0: Like, that's it. 100%. That's the one of the scary things about as we're, well, this pandemic is going to be forever. But as we're... Supposedly, you know, getting out of this pandemic, you know, you know, I think to myself, you know, where there's all this accessibility, we can, you know, zoom, have Zoom meetings, Zoom inter, job interviews, et cetera, et cetera. But the moment somebody comes in to the office for a face-to-face interview with a cane, a mobility aid, a wheelchair, what mm-hmm. happens then? You know, in some ways, Zoom is like, you know, or you know, virtual. Um, interactions are kind of like the the great equalizer in a sense because you you know we're just you know your preconceived notions about disability don't physical disabilities I'll be specific um are kind of out the window until they are in your face and that's scary um to think about the impact of that on disabled people physically disabled people
1: yeah
2: and can we just say that Skype fumbled the bag like they really did? But anyways,
1: because you know, man, man, really? Skype is what? Like, what are you doing? I-
2: you <laughs> had it.
1: You the RC Cola now. You was number one, B. RC Cola. <laughs> Our-
2: it's true. Um, but yeah, I think I think also um, people are now starting to see disabled people as their competition, whereas. Mm. By us having to walk into the office, they'd be like, "Oh, they're never going to hire them." I'm in the back. I got this. Like, it's fine. That but is, now, yes, the people, like the people who are literally most equipped for this era are disabled people.
0: One hundred percent,
2: right? And like you're thinking about not only just the, you know, the fact that we're on Zoom, but now we have an increased population of disabled people because a quarter mm. of all people with the COVID, whether symptomatic or not, are experiencing lifelong or long-term disability Mm -hmm. so the only people like i said are who are equipped with that are disabled people and so they really kind of like screwed up by not hiring disabled people beforehand because we were already on it like in terms of creating entire social movements in terms of creating accessible content and accessible um events and things like that. that was what we did we had to Because disability is so isolating, online spaces are really all we have to form community. So, yeah, yeah, they're not ready ready for that conversation, though.
1: They really not, but they gotta get ready for that conversation. I mean, the level of representation that you bring to the table, Mm -hmm. right? That then allows for the level of representation that we might bring to the table, that Mm -hmm. then allows for whomever to see themselves and know, actually, you know what, yeah. Uh, twice as hard for half as much as not going to get it for me.
2: Yeah. You know? Again, with disability, especially if you're Black and disabled, like, and you know online spaces, like, this is your time to shine. Um, like, go for it. You know, really go for it. If you want to be a content creator, now is the time to be a disabled Black content creator. And I really hope that a lot of disabled kids, disabled Black kids, really understand their worth during this era. Because so much has been told to us that we are not valuable and not worthy of being alive. (laughs) That, like, you are the most valuable people right now. You are literally the most valuable. And so, um, yeah, I just really hope that there's a lot of hope among the community because, especially among the kids, because you don't really grow up seeing a whole ton of Black disabled people.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Like, I literally cried the other day because I was watching a comedy show called The Sex Lives of College Girls, and there was Lolo Spencer, Lauren Spencer, from Sitting Pretty, a disabled black girl who was, like, a main character. Is she really? Mm-hmm.
1: She is. Oh, wow. Look at Mindy Kalick. Look at right. Mindy ahead. God, Go, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was, like, in my feelings. I was like, I'm so proud of you. Um, and I was like, this is amazing. But we didn't, I didn't get that growing up. Yeah, you know, know I, my dad friends. would tell me, you know, you have Stevie Wonder I was like yeah but you keep telling me that like he doesn't see his disability I'm 100% sure that man walks around with a disability every single day so you know and especially in black culture like there's this idea of well we overcome so much why can't you overcome disability too or you know there's so much baggage because of eugenics and because of you know how racism is categorized you know societally like a disability so
1: You got it, kids. I probably y'all saw y'all saw Cox on uh, Hawkeye. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh wait, the um Echo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Deaf, deaf, and disabled, and a, it and a main character. Yes. A main character. She getting her own show. When I tell you, I am this close to writing the writers of Marvel and be like,
2: "Let me do something. I promise. I'll carry coffee. Let me be yes. on set. <laughs> Let me do something. I
1: can do it. I can do Let- it." Let me, let me roll you to the edge then and push you over it. And you better write them.
2: I don't, I, I listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, contact my manager and be like, Hey, can we, we can get on? I'm obsessed. Cause like I had this storyline in my head and I'm putting it here first. So if they steal it, it's on YouTube. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was like, with the Eternals and Echo, what if they did like a scene uh, because of Crip Camp you know how like in Crip Camp they were signing to each other through the window when they cut the phone lines? Yes. What if like one of the what if the um the eternal that was deaf was signing to the protesters inside and it was like a flashback of like her time through history and it was like about how her like her ability to speak sign language. Oh my god. helped all the whole community right. like, disability rights movement but like they just never really talked about her like that's i want it that's so bad it. Want it that's a of dope. Dope.
1: that is so hella dope, dope. blurred love it. shit blurred shit <laughs> I love it so right? much.
2: yes absolutely I'm, I'm so happy for this era because there's so much diversity in disability and that's one of our biggest pitfalls as a community is that we only present disability as white mm-hmm. um, yes and it's not on our fault but it's like it's still a huge problem um and it's it goes to the erasure and that whole eugenics thinking. So I'm just I'm happy for this era.
1: Yeah, Dana, you've been on that for years about disability so white.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, that's what it is. Disability is white. Yeah, you know what I mean. That that's what somebody. Yeah, that's just our reality. Oh yeah. Um, you know. Yeah.
2: The worst is, like, they're they're electing, like, white supremacists
1: because they're in oh wheelchair. God. Because oh, yes. my. And two of them. I'm like, wh- how? Right. I'm like, how? I mean, on one side, I want to be here for you. I like the little desk. I'm really excited about that. I like the man with one eye. I like that he's wearing the eye patch. I think that's dope. Why they're y'all got to be on that side? Right. They're the
2: worst human beings. And it's funny because I had somebody, like, I did a video about it on TikTok. And this woman was like, Yeah, my mom voted for him, and she couldn't tell me why. She's like, He was so inspiring. I'm like, Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw that coming. Yeah, because
1: um, she's watching porn. Ew.
2: Yeah, it's just worse. It's like, Why are you all they, like disability? Yes, disability can affect your personality depending on what disability you have. However, disability in and of itself is not a dis- is Like, disability in and of itself is not a personality. Like, you don't right. need to gave by like no. these are terrible people The one guy first of all i'm pissed because more he um medicine Cawthorn went to the liar like, the liar the worst one he went to hitler's summer home and it was part of his bucket list and I, i'm like was it more accessible than congress because i swear to god like how is this more like
1: god why? damn
2: <laughs> and the guy who founded 8chan is is disabled
1: yep yep wow how is, wait he is yep is he neurodivergent no he, he
2: i think he has like a um like a bo- brittle bone disease
1: get the fuck out
2: yeah if you watch q into the storm on HBO max it's a disabled man. yeah yeah
1: yeah i watched it but i forgot that so he would this uh, okay all right yeah
2: he started A-chan and was like one of the founders of like or one of the first confirmations of q um in the QAnon concert it's like disability runs up and through this and you they are letting you are letting them drag you through the mud because you won't question them because they have a disability like make it make sense
0: yes on that note I just want to read so back last year you wrote a blog Um, It's titled, The Call is Coming from Inside the House, White Supremacy and and the Disability Community. I just Mm -hmm. want to read it really quick because it really spoke to me. You write, Mm -hmm. ableism has always been the best way to perpetuate white supremacy under the guise of progress for the disability community. And now more than ever, white disabled people are presented with a choice, white supremacy or disability justice. You cannot have both. Your actions furthering the goals of white supremacy directly harm the disability community with the hope that you alone can be saved by your privilege and proximity to abled whiteness. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That. Wow. That. <laughs>
1: that.
2: Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I Yeah. They want to have it both ways. Yes. And you can't. Um, I had, I did a speaking engagement once, um, in the Midwest, I won't t- say exactly where, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I did like a section on, I did, I was doing like online education about like how to create social media and social media movements and mm-hmm. what have you. And, uh, I did a part on intersectionality because I was like, if you're going to talk about disability, you have to understand different dynamics or at least be open to understanding mm-hmm. them. And it was a room full of disabled people. It was about like 20 or 30 of them. And most of the white disabled people left when I started talking about intersectionality. Most really? of them. They left the room. Wow. And there was one young girl with a developmental disability who came back and was like, listen, I'm, t- I'm sorry I left. It makes me uncomfortable. Which I understood because big emotions and stuff. She's like, yeah. I don't like of anybody getting hurt. Which is fine. And I, I sat with her one-on-one and I explained it to her. She was the only one that came back and was like, I was wrong. And when I tell you that is the resounding sentiment and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Oh yeah. Because now millions of people are disabled because of COVID. And what I found with people who acquire their disabilities, particularly if they're white, is that they will go to the ends of the earth to prove that they're still valuable. Mm. And that is a dangerous game to play.
0: Mm. 100%. 100%. Yeah, That's terrifying.
2: Yeah, like I'm very
0: afraid of it. Like,
1: yeah. Well, in the way that it can be weaponized in the workplace, right, and, and, and I see that in the work that I do in human rights justice and what is, I, I feel like, erroneously and lazily referred to as DEI work, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is the same frame, right? It's folks looking at intersectionality without taking into consideration the academic origins of it without taking into the consideration Mm -hmm. camilla crenshaw herself Mm -hmm. the fact that if you try to parse it out which is again not intersectionality uh Mm -hmm. it doesn't work and doesn't make sense it begins with black women yeah from there we're mm-hmm. then t- thinking about the fact that, okay, you're doing the same thing in terms of saying, uh, well, we did uh, queer week, so we don't have to do black week. Like, what are you talking about? What is black week? First of all, we're not doing weeks of anything if we're doing yeah. human rights, justice, work, right, and inclusion truly. And secondly, why would you think that we would want what you have? What mm-hmm. y'all have oh. is whack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep.
2: Yep, (laughs) that's the thing that kills me. Is like, you're, like, white supremacy especially, it eats its own. Mm. Our communities have, have historically at least, never been a part of that. Like, that's the influence of white supremacy on our communities.
1: Absolutely.
2: Why would I want for someone to lead me to the wolves and then say that, oh, it's testing you to do better. You should be doing, like, no. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, and man. also, as somebody who works in communication, there <laughs> your forward-facing communications regarding inclusivity should be the last thing on your mind. It should last. Be all it should be all the internal work first.
0: 100%.
2: Like I cannot stand, especially it is especially prevalent with disability communication, um uh, especially with these large companies. So for for instance, I was working with the disability list and they brought this to my attention. Um you know the Lego Braille Bix. Those, like, the Lego bricks that were made to be Braille. Yes, mm. yes. They advertised that. None of their advertisements were accessible to blind people.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
2: <Jeez>. But... <laughs>
1: Who are you selling it to?
2: Right. Yes! And, and, you know, and that's the whole thing. It's like, there's this idea that the perception is more valuable than the actual action of inclusion. The same thing with Nike Flye's and their, you know, their sneakers that are for disabled people. I know not a single disabled person who could use that shoe that has that shoe. Mm. Telfar is not accessible to me just because I want one. But anyways, um, that's a personal issue on my behalf. But, you know, and a lot of these companies have <laughs> just do a ton of lip service in terms of inclusion. And then when you call them on, it, it's like, well, you know, we did what we could for you.
1: We do the best we can.
2: Yeah. And, you know, United Airlines talking about, you know, disability inclusion. They, you know, United Airlines, their actions killed somebody. Come on. In Gracia Figueroa, they broke her wheelchair. Wheelchairs are expensive. Wheelchairs are designed specifically for that person. And it's not like you can just get one off of eBay and be okay. Mm-hmm. She got a, she had a sore on her body because they broke her wheelchair she had to use some generic wheelchair and it grew to the point where she went septic and died jesus but the next week they have you know a disabled person in a wheelchair in one of their ads and be like fly with united like how dare you mm. like none of yeah. these companies have it right none of them
1: not so understanding that- the assignment
2: no, that, so inclusion the forward facing inclusion of communication that should be your last thing on your mind. You should be cleaning house, yeah one hundred
0: percent
1: What about the icing once we get this cake baked?
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the worst Wow, but
2: I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. um I don't don't that's no tangent. Tangent at all uh I just I get so frustrated because. Watching people care more about what people think of them rather than what they are about Mm -hmm. is part of the reason why we're here. Mm. We are so wrapped up in performing the goodness that we don't realize that it's a hollow house. Mm. That There's no foundation upon which to care for each other upon which to build with each other and to connect. Yes. And what would happen if we had taken care of what was in the house rather than the lawn and the facade? That's what America is. It's the facade.
0: 100%. Wow.
1: Girl, you better get that dime. You better get that dime. Too, right? People. Listen, <laughs> I'm telling you, the level of self-anthropology and mm-hmm. self-reflection has to be done Right. When you are talking about like the disabled or the folks who are ready at this moment, it is well beyond just technology, Mm -hmm. right? And the technological advances that we understand or don't. It really does have to do with an empathy that can only be built through understanding. And if you haven't the experience, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, the world that has been created is one that makes you hostile to that, Mm -hmm. makes folk hostile to that, which they do not understand. And mm-hmm. which they've been taught to fear, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, that that is in so many ways uh, us. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's it, and, and we we owe it to each other. I re- I remember um, I was posting a video, um, and it was talking about how disabled people are you know are dying at disproportionate rates of COVID and Black folk in particular, because like I said. If you say only disabled and elderly will die, that's pretty much black folk and brown mm. folk.
1: Yeah.
2: And I remember somebody commenting, nobody owes it to you to care. Yes, you do.
1: Yes, you do. Mm.
2: Yes, you do. If, if I saw somebody falling off a cliff and thought, well, nobody owes it to you to care. And it, you, I had to look you in your eye as you were in peril is you are terrified for your life
0: Mm.
2: and told you nobody owes you to care, what would you feel like? We owe each other to care, of course we do. Who told us that that was not possible or unnecessary? The people who were telling us that resources are scarce. Yep. People who were telling us to go at each other's throats. Mm -hmm. And it's not the ignorance of issues. It's not we need to ignore race or we need to ignore sexism or we need to ignore gender. No. It's only through that we get to the other side. It's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. What the hell wouldn't it be? But we owe it to each other.
0: Yes. Like you said earlier, this is a group project. That's Mm -hmm. what this is. It's a group project. Wow. Imani, thank you so, so, so much for these gems for this brilliance I feel like I've been in church blessings know, right amen amen
2: let the
1: say. Yes. the plate
0: yes. yes yeah Imani where can people find you in all the places on social media and online
2: sure so I'm uh, at crutches underscore and underscore spice on both tiktok and instagram and then I'm uh, at Imani underscore barbara and on twitter um and you can email me but i don't i can't promise anything because i've been avoiding my email for months um but you know i i just want to say i appreciate everybody's support and i know like i try to thank people as often as possible because there's you don't have to interact with my content you don't have to follow me you don't have to like what i do but the fact that so many of you do and appreciate it i really do feel loved and appreciated
1: well we do love and appreciate
0: you Thank you again. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can find us online at myelinandmelanin.com as well as Instagram and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. If you want to connect with Dana, me, directly, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RetroSoul underscore underscore.
1: And well, hey, I'm on the Instagram too. Uh, And if you want to connect with me, uh, go ahead and reach out. I'm um, at El Caballo Negrito. Uh, caballo is C-A-B-A-L-O for the mono and that would be important if you want to find me on Twitter, which is just El Caballo Negro. I'm there. Hey, catch up with us next time. We're gonna keep raising the tab. Bye.